It is a book that provides justice to the subtitle The Origins of Power, Prosperity, and Poverty. The main aim of the book is to describe the factors that cause various societies, civilizations, cultures, and nations to fail. The view that institutions that operate in the area determine the success of the society is the primary theme. These institutions can refer to political institutions such as democratic government in the U.S., the Mughal Empire in India and the Roman Republic, or economic institutions such as communism in Russia and capitalism in Europe. The authors, Darren Asimoglu and James A. Robinson, start the book by refuting some popular theories that tend to explain why some nations are poor, the geography of the country does not support much growth, and the leaders of the nation don't know what policies are best for it. For example, there is a theory that tropical countries generally suffer from a lot of diseases. One point that the authors made to substantiate their theory of refutation is greater than tropical diseases obviously cause much suffering and high rates of infant mortality in Africa, but they are not the reason Africa is poor. Disease is largely a consequence of poverty and of governments being unable or unwilling to undertake the public health measures necessary to eradicate them. Greater than Greater than Chapter 2, Theories That Don't Work We have a very recent and relevant counterexample to rebut the author's point, COVID-19. The United States, whose per capita income is many a time more than that of India, has a death rate per million of more than 10 times than that of India. This is true for many European nations too. The primary objective of the book is to convince the reader of the importance of inclusive political and economic institutions, which, in a loose sense, translate to free market capitalist economy and democracy. The major portion of the books covers several historical anecdotes of how various exclusive institutions, institutions that only serve the interest of a few elite or ruling class, have led to the fall of various civilizations and are the reason for the failure of several nations even today. One great example to drive the point home is North Korea versus South Korea. Although both countries are carved out of one piece of land, like India and Pakistan, one became the envy of other Asian nations while the other became a dictatorship. Nighttime Satellite Image of North Korea and South Korea, NASA There is another new phenomenon called creative destruction that authors suggest is necessary for the prosperity of any country. That means new technology, new industry or new businesses replace the old ones. Although the idea seems good, providing the fall of Mayan civilization as an example for failure due to the lack of creative destruction seemed arbitrary and particularly inapt to me. The civilization lasted almost 3,000 years. And it collapsed due to multiple reasons, perhaps, including war, overpopulation and drought. Just attributing its fall to all the factors discussed in the book seemed too simple. Finally, there is one very important factor mentioned in the book that can make a very big difference in the history of the world, critical juncture, a major event, probably random, that disrupts the existing institutions. The authors explain how the bubonic plague of 1346 entirely made the difference between the Western highly developed and Eastern Europe. This theory of critical juncture is my favorite of all the theories proposed. Overall the book has been an interesting read with a lot of world history stories. Although the take-home message of the book is that institutions matter, making changes to established institutions is a long and tough process. One should not forget that even small-level changes or developments can also have a huge impact on the society as a whole. A teacher imparting good education to a class of 50 students or a pharma company selling essential drugs at a low price can have more utility to the society than we can imagine. 
While reading these kinds of non-fiction books, especially when people spend more time watching Netflix than reading books, there is an important question that we need to ask ourselves, is the time that you spend on reading this book worth it? At some point, the book becomes boring with too much repetition of stuff. In fact, the word inclusive, institutions, is mentioned a whopping 358 times. If you are a history buff or a policymaker, and want to know stories from across the world from different eras, then it is worth it. Else, this review article itself covered the summary and no need to go for the book. Rating Star, 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 star Rating, 3.5 out of 5